Okay, good evening. We continue here in the Heilige uh, words of the Chavis Halvavis, the Psicha to Shara Bitochen. So we're discussing still the differences between the Baal Bitochen, the advantages that he has over the Baal Hakimiyah. And we already discussed three of them. We move on now to the fourth one, Vahravi. For those that have the Sefer in front of them, Vahravi. The fourth advantage that the Bala Bitochin has over the Bala Kimia. Kibala Kimia says the Chavis this alchemist, a Nimloit Mehazmin Mehazov, the Hakesef, Harbe, Leisorkoi. He's always going to have to have a stock. He's always going to have to have a certain amount of the raw materials, be it the scraps of metal or the silver or the gold that he's going to have to have in order for him to do his work. He's going to have to have a whole warehouse full. He's going to have a lot of stock to be ready to then do his work, to change it from silver to gold, etc. He won't have anything. He'll just have what he has for the moment and then do his work right then. And have to worry where he's going to get the rest. Vim Yasmim, you know, Harbei. If he's going to store up a lot, then Yekol Yomam Mefachet Al Nafsha. See, he has two choices. He can even store up a lot to always have for the next six months, the next year. But then he's going to be worried. Yekol Yomam Mefachet Al Nafsha. He's always going to have to have this overall fear that's going to be hovering over his head. Shalayayvad Mimenu Binyone Sibas Aveda. He has to be worried that he may lose it, right? Like truth is, anything, any type of stock. A, uh, if, for instance, someone has a whole warehouse of material. Someone who likes to buy a lot of schayre, buys a lot of merchandise, with the hope that he's going to sell a large volume. Okay, so he has to store up a lot, and then over time sell it. But you, you buy cheap, right? You buy low, and you sell high. So his... His uh, hope is he's going to buy low, so he buys a whole shipload or a whole uh, 50 skids worth of uh, certain material, and then he hopes over time he's going to sell it. But he does have this, he's nervous always that uh, it could be something could happen to merchandise. A fire could break out, a flood could happen, and all of his merchandise, all of his investment can go south. That's number one. Number two, he's never going to be fully at peace. And here it seems clear that he's always worried. This Balakimi is always worried about the authorities. Seems that this line of work that he's in, this this uh, trick that he has, the recipe to turn silver into gold, copper into silver, seems to be not so really legal. So he's always worried about the Melech. He's worried about what the government is going to, to uh, say if they find out about it. Or, the, um, or people, if people find out about it, everybody has enemies in the world. So what happens if someone who dislikes him finds out about it? So they could tell, they could slander on him to the authorities. So he always has this pachad. He's never really totally calm, even if he has the raw materials. And if he only gets a little bit material, so therefore even if they would uh, enter his, his house, say, hey, 
We caught you. You're doing this. He says, well, I don't have anything. I'm clean. Look, check my, uh, check my, my basement. Check my warehouse. I don't have anything. So then he's free of that. He only has a little bit to do each time. But then he's only left with a, a little bit of raw material. And sometimes he's going to need a lot. He gets a customer that, that orders a lot. And there he's uh, stuck that he doesn't have enough. So person is always in a quandary. Should he store up a lot? Should he buy a lot of raw materials? But then he's worried what could happen to them. Or should you buy a little bit and hope for the best? That's the Balakimiyah. The true person who trusts Hashem, his bitachin is strong in Hashem. That Hashem will provide for him his tariff, his livelihood, as he wishes. When he so desires. And in the place he so desires. And his example here is so interesting. Just like the fetus is provided for his nourishment, its livelihood, in the womb of, a, of the mother's stomach. So in the womb of the mother, the fetus, this uber, is provided for at every moment, at every second, without a problem. Perfect timing. Or you have an egg that has to develop, in this case the chick, or any other animal that's developing in the egg until it's ready to be born, to be hatched. It's an amazing thing. You think about the mother's womb, there's no way to penetrate the womb. There's no way to penetrate the egg. No one's no one's put, putting in a tube into this egg to provide for this chick, to divide for the development of this baby animal in this, in this, uh, in this egg. There's nothing to penetrate. Or the birds that fly, or the millions of fish in the sea. Or the tiny ant, which is, with its weakness, doesn't mean an ant is weak necessarily. We know actually ants are very strong. He tells the lazy one, go check out the ants. Go take a, an observation of ants. Look how hard they work. They keep on working, keep on bringing a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time into their ant hole. And they work incessantly. And that we teach the Otzel. Don't ever be lazy. Look at the, at the Namola, look at the ant. But at the same time, a Namola is a tiny creature. All it takes, most creatures in the world are bigger than it. So it's weak in that sense, right? But yet, with this little tiny creature, HaKadosh Baruch Hu provides for it, what it needs. But yet sometimes they wish to hold back from the strong lion. Even with its great strength. If there are times where Kodesh Baruch wants to show the tiny creature will have exactly what it needs even though it's so weak. It's the smallest in terms of the animal kingdom. But the mighty lion that's called the Melech Shebehemais you would think it never ceases to have what it needs. It's its livelihood. It's strong enough. It's 
terrifying enough to pounce on another animal, and yet it could go hungry. Sometimes it could go hungry. Like the Pasuk says, The young lions call out for Eivu and they're hungry. Understands the Chavis Havavis over here that Kodesh is comparing the, in this Pasuk, David Amel is describing how Kodesh compares the great lion with its strength to the Dershe Hashem, the one who has Bitochen, who will never lack. The Nevashadik will never starve. The Davanamelech says, I've been through a lot. I've seen a lot. I've become old. I've never seen the Tzadik that was forsaken. Now, truth be told, the Tzadik also is careful in terms of how much he elevates his standard of living. He makes sure to keep it at the at the basic level. And therefore he's never forsaken because the, the minimum that he needs is always there, always provided. How old is the Zokin? Dovin only lived till he was 70 years old. Right? Yet he called him a Zokin. No, we call the Zokin already 60. 60 is the Zokin. So Dovin says, I'm already a Zokanti, I'm already a Zokin, and I haven't seen the Tzadik Nezah. So one of the examples here, I just want to shift over to another place in Chavis Havavis, and it's in Shar, in Chavis Havavis, Shar Abichina. Because in Shar Abichina, the Chavis Havavis, which the whole Shar Abichina talks about the great Toivos and the Chochmah, the wisdom and the greatness and the goodness that HaKadosh Baruch Hu provides for all aspects of the creation. And that's supposed to give us a sense of gratitude, HaKadosh Hashem, and therefore do Hashem's Ratzin. That's Shara Bechina. And in Shara Bechina, Perik Hamishi, he describes about how Kodesh Bokhu provided for each and every person when it was in its mother's womb. And he describes over there it was perfect, the perfect shielding, the perfect temperature. It gets its food, its nourishment in the perfect dosage, not too much, not too little. He says, After that, it leaves the mother's womb. The, the, the fetus doesn't have to ask questions. How do I get out? Which way do I get out? It's provided for the exact route, the exact perfect the, uh, route to go out. Not too wide, not too narrow. No one has to assist it. Of course, sometimes there are complications. That Kodesh Baruch Hu makes complications at times, similar to the lion that sometimes doesn't get its livelihood. To show for a person, to show people, to show the world that you always need that Kodesh Baruch Hu to be taken care. And when a Kodesh Baruch Hu sort of is is not watching and is not mashgia for a moment, things could go wrong. And then he quotes a Pasuk over there, which is Kedai to, to bring the famous Gemara Bava Basra in the end of the first parak. He quotes a Pasuk in Eiv, where Eiv was complaining, you know, I have so much suffering. Maybe you got the wrong guy. Maybe you didn't mean to mean Eiv that lives on so-and-so street. Perhaps he got it wrong. Maybe it was a different Eiv that he had intent because I'm suffering to such an extent, Kodesh Baruch 
So Hashem says to Eoiv, Eoiv, Hayadata es ledes yalesola. You know the mountain goat, that wild goat that gives birth on the top of the mountains. You ever heard of that, Eoiv? So the Gemara Darshan is like this. The Gemara in the Tavzayin of Aleph from the Beis and Bavabasra Darshans. Gershbaruch who says to Eoiv, Eoiv, did you ever take note of the wild goat that when it gives birth, it gets so crazy from the pain of the birth that it runs up to the top of a mountain and goes to the edge of a cliff and opens its womb to the side of the cliff that its calf should just plummet down and die instantaneously. What does the Kodesh Baruch Hu do? What Hashem does? At that exact moment, a bird, an eagle, swoops, swoops by, catches the young, and puts it onto the mountaintop. And the Gemara says, if the eagle would come in a split second too early, a split second too late, that would be the end of the calf. Says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Bein rega la rega from this eagle. I never made a mistake, says Hashem. And being Eoiv, Eoiv, you think I'm making a mistake? I'm not making a mistake. Everything that's coming to the person is indeed orchestrated perfectly. And gives another, there's talking about it's another, the Ayola, the Ayola, the, uh, the female uh, deer, the hind, where its womb is really a little bit too tight to be able to have an exit for its calf when it's ready to be born. Says the Gemara over there, that a Baruch is Mazman, a Baruch sends at that precise moment the snake, and the snake bites the side of the hind, and with that bite it's able to loosen up the womb and the place for the calf to come out, and then the calf exits healthily, and is able to have another birth in the world for this hind. Says the Gemara, if it was a snake would come a mid- second too early, a second too late, it'll be too late. Ben rega la rega, I don't make a mistake, Gosh Baruch Hu says. Ben Eoiv la Eoiv, you think I make a mistake? In other words, Gosh Baruch Hu showed through the Bria, showed from certain animals, as the Chavisavavis is telling like us over here, you have the Ephroyach inside the egg, you have the Namola, and you have the Kefir, you have the lion. And the Bogu says, everything is taken care of perfectly. And you think, well, maybe the stronger animals. Hashem says, no, I'll show you, sometimes the stronger animals actually have trouble sometimes, and they go hungry. But the little insects don't. We're holding now, Yom Rishon Leparshas Tazriya, Tazriya Matzairah. Rashi tells us, Keshem Shi Yitzhi Rosoi Shel Adam was Acher Kol Behem So too, it's Torah and the Tum of Atara. Last week, Pasha Shemini, we talked about the Tum of Atara of Shrotzim, of Shrotzim Oif, Shrotzim Behem Oif, So too, now we're going to talk about the Tum of Atara of mankind. Mitzayran, Atazriya, Yeledes. In others, we see that we use the animal kingdom always as a marshal to ourselves. Kajboku created animals first, and then Adam Rishon and Yayim Shishi. So too, he's going through the Tum of Atar of animals, and then the Tum of Atar of Adam. And here we see another example why Kajboku first created the whole animal kingdom. And that's because we have to look at the animal kingdom and see Kajboku provides for all the animals. 
even from the tiny ant to the swift eagle, and it provides for when it needs things in a perfect orchestrated way. So the Bala Bitochet says, Akash will bring me my tariff exactly when I need it, how I need it. <coughs> it's not dependent in time and place. So the Bala Kamiya is always worried, should I store up a lot? Should I invest here? Should I only take a little? Should I be worried someone's going to catch me? The Bala Bitochet doesn't have any of these worries. Sometimes the Bala Bitochet has to make a decision. But he uses his smarts, he uses the best of his ability, his acumen, to make the right decision. And after that, he says, I rely the rest. Who's Mechalkel the person? And the ultimately is Akashbog's Mechalkel the person. So we use this fourth advantage, the Revi, the fourth advantage that the Balabadokhan has over the, Al- the Alchemai to show another difference between the Balabadokhan with the Balabadokhan is always secure and where his livelihood comes from. Agutanakra Baisai.